You are now listening to The Seedcast. Hosted by Andrew Nault and Julia Lunt. All right, everybody, welcome to The Seedcast. Uh, it's me, your host, Andrew, here with Julia. Hello. And we are lucky enough to have Kate Wildman with us today, an interdisciplinary artist. Um, welcome, hey. Kate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you're a great friend. It was uh, I've never really done one of these chats with you, so. How do I'm you guys a- know each other? <laughs> through, <laughs> through a mutual friend. For yeah. but I've known you for what, uh, 10 plus years now? It's been a while. I was like oh thinking God. about it because like half the... Um, yeah, I knew Andrew when I was a student at, even though we grew up in, like, towns that weren't too far from each other, right? Um, I think. Where mm-hmm. did you grow up? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Blackstone? Blackstone, right. Yeah, and I was in Douglas. But um, I didn't know you then, but we uh, met through our mutual friend. And, yeah, you were a student at Berkeley at the time, and I was at MassArt. And I would uh, sometimes um, go and... My my boyfriend at the time was really good friends with uh, Andrew, and I'd go to a lot of their their gigs and rehearsal spaces. And I just remember that really grimy space <laughs> in um, oh like God. right by Boylston yeah. that had like the the raw sewage area that we'd like go oh, yeah. and look at, yep. and it was like, it was really gross. Yeah, but the- it was also kind of like this is such a weird like bowels of it's Boston, like-, like literal bowels. Yeah, it sounds like Boston. I mean, it's legit like the rehearsal space is in Back Bay, right? And you go two floors under the ground Mm -hmm. and there was a room in there that literally reminded you that Back Bay is sinking slowly. Oh, yeah. Just like a hole in the wall, just like pumping out water. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was actually... The things that musicians do, you know? Yeah. But it was actually also super fun to draw because there were like all these exposed pipes and stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Are you like, the type yeah. of person that like carries your sketchbook with you everywhere and is always like drawing no matter where? Um, I used to a lot. I think it's kind of changed because I think now it's hard because I think I'm also just hyper conscious of people not wanting to be looked at. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, and usually I want to draw people. So uh, that's Same. the tricky part. But uh, mm-hmm. I usually have something on me, whether or not I'm ballsy enough to go for it is to use it yeah yeah (laughs) so let me ask early on when you were first getting started uh was there a conscious approach to art making or were you just drawing everything that you saw like as a kid yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's kind of funny i mean i think like um i don't know i don't i guess i have mixed feelings i guess i definitely think like people are like inclined to be creators but I also kind of feel like anyone everyone also has that in them and it's a thing that Mm -hmm. um you know hopefully you're lucky enough to grow up in an environment or have people that like nurture that in you um I definitely think everyone has it it's just a matter of um having like uh yeah spaces and people that help like cultivate that uh for me I think it was like (laughs) I think it was kind of a symptom of uh, just like growing up in a small town um, in the woods, I didn't have like a lot of neighbors. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I just 
drew a lot and I read a lot. It's like pretty pretty nerdy. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's a good kind uh, of nerdy though. Yeah, and I think I actually started really getting into drawing by um, I would like steal my dad's um, wildlife guides. He had like this this book of like this was Peterson's book of like birds he was really into bird watching <laughs> and um okay. i really so i'd really like to start drawing with that and then we had all these different books that were like mammals of north america and like reptiles of north america and amphibians and i just i got really into drawing those um and i think i think that's like where i got started but there were like some really old pictures of me and i have like this play school desk and I've like I'm playing with Play-Doh on it and I have this very serious face like I'm making my life's work <laughs> so who knows I guess I thought I was That's in, so funny. into things like pretty early on but yeah I mean I, I was know. gonna ask like when it first started to feel important but I guess pretty early on <laughs> yeah intensely playing with Play-Doh <laughs> yeah yeah like a very serious face but I mean it's it's hard to tell too right it's just like you're into what you're into right but, right yeah when did it first feel like something that you could pursue? Uh, I guess just pursue. Cause like when you're a kid, it's, yeah. it's pretty uh, like innocent and naive and like, this is a fun thing, but then it gets to a point where you're sort of making a conscious decision of like, this is what I want to be doing. Was there like a time for that for you? Well, um, it's kind of like, um, I don't how do I explain it? Uh, it's definitely kind of became the thing that whether, or not I should be focusing on other things. Like, that was always what I was focusing on. Like, I definitely got yelled at in a lot of my classes for drawing. Um, Yeah, there was this one teacher and, um, like, my history (laughs) teacher, and he was like, Wildman, if you pick up that pen on that paper, I'm going to break it in half, split it up, and throw it over the Mediterranean Ocean. (laughs) He, like, spoke in that room. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, what a legend. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, now I can't think of his name. Sounds like an empty threat to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty long throw. Yeah. It was definitely... I think it was really half to just have the public shame, you know? Um, right, right. Everyone seeing that. But, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really realize that art school even existed until... Um, like, and thank God I had the art teacher I had in high school because she helped me with everything, including preparing a portfolio, which I had no idea about. And also, like, you know, when we were um, in high school, that was when, like, <laughs> digital cameras were the things. You still had to burn everything to uh, mm. CD and then send the CD out right. for yep, uh, people yep, to view. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I would have been... Um, like, I guess I'm very aware that, like, even just having the opportunity to go to art school, I don't, my parents were definitely supportive of, like, yeah, you know, do what you love, but um, I would have had no idea how to, like, do that process, and that even, like, places as magical as art schools existed, um, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have gotten there without um, having people who kind of let me know that they're, uh, our resources and tools and like places that like foster that growth. Yeah. Because I was totally. just in the woods and yeah, didn't know about it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing coming from a small town myself. Uh, you don't really realize what the hell is out there and what people are doing. 
you're just messing around with stuff by yourself and then you find right. out people can actually pursue right. this. Yeah. You know, like you can go to school for this mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a place where they harbor those individuals right. and kind of breed them, you know? Yeah, Very for better or worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can get into a whole nother debate know, about right? the influence of uh, art education. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. I think about one. it all the time. Me too. So I also <laughs> went to, to mass art and I studied oh, illustration. Cool. And yeah, part of me wishes what that I went into painting, though, because I've, uh, I graduated in 2017. Um, oh, okay. Cool. But uh, yeah, and I I feel like it it definitely helped me in some ways, but uh, I I wish that I had gone into a fine art department instead of like a design department because I feel like they're just way more open to the definition of that medium. And so like if you're in the painting department, you're not stuck working with paint. That's um, so funny because I, feel like I I was a painting major there, and I think I actually had some issues with the department. I mean, like I. I really love the education I got there as well, but I, at least when I was there and maybe there were different chairs and different professors, I graduated in uh, 2012, but I felt like um, I was really into printmaking and drawing a lot at the time. And that was like hugely important to be able to do that. And like, I kind of really spent a lot of my time in the print shop and the, the painting studio, but I felt like, um, Mm -hmm. I think my, my problem I love mass art in general, and I think, like, it's amazing because it's, like, the only state art school that exists, which is so important yeah, in terms absolutely. of accessibility. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, it's, like, huge. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think... Yeah, it's, like, the first and only, right? Yeah, the first and only. Um, but I think what kind of frustrates me with them, at least when I was a student, was that it felt... Um, they very much wanted you to, like, pick one discipline and stick to that. And I guess I was just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt that as well. It wasn't until I was a senior where I started taking classes in other departments because I I finally had the room in my schedule. And I feel like there were so many dots that were connecting of like, oh, my God, this can look however I want it to. And like what I do isn't defined by how I'm doing it and like Mm. what tools I'm using, Mm -hmm. because regardless of whether or not you're using like paper or fabric, Mm -hmm. you're still making a thing. Yeah doesn't exist before you do it yeah right and it's like that thread of whatever you're talking about that can carry over in every medium and it probably will and sometimes it's more interesting to see that spill over into a medium that maybe you're not as trained in because there's kind of more opportunity for discovery or kind of um those like magical accidents um absolutely yeah yeah. So uh, it, coming from like a musician standpoint, I know that um, for a, l- a little while, I mean, I'm primarily a drummer, but um, when I started to write music on the guitar, it was like so unbelievably refreshing. And I felt like yeah. I was approaching something that I've that I've been that's been so ingrained in me from a, another angle that made it feel even more creative all over again. Is that kind of like how you guys feel because Kate I know you you work in so many different mediums that like is it is it kind of well but (laughs) yeah but still is it is it kind of like uh like I'm not considering myself a guitar player even though I have a band that I play guitar in you know (laughs) right it's just something 
Yeah, it's just something that I I feel like I can be creative on, you know. And is that is that kind of like why you've become interdisciplinary and like spread yourself out just to feel the creative spark again, like the originality of the idea? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different reasons for me. I think it's also the fact that like I just really like tactility too. And um, even though I was trained in a lot of like 2D forms and I feel like you can really explore that a lot with drawing and painting, I, I think there's also something kind of really exciting about having something three-dimensional exist. And what I really like about mm-hmm. working with fibers too is it's kind of um, like fabric is this kind of amazing material, right? It can be you know, you can stuff it so that it's kind of like really stiff, but it can also be very malleable. It can stretch. There's just so much you can do with that. And so I think I really enjoy that there's um, so much possibilities, so many possibilities within um, one material. But yeah, I think like going towards that um, and like going and exploring different mediums, whether that was like um, working in in ceramics or, or fibers, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you when you have gone to school and have studied a lot for like drumming, there's probably this part of you that's almost like extra hardcore on yourself about the way you do drum because yep. you can't almost like unlearn that structure that um, yep. that I don't know. You just like carry that with you. But I feel like when you go into different mediums or different instruments, there's kind of that freedom of not knowing the rules and therefore you kind of are able to break the rules and enjoy yourself in a way you don't always get to. It's also like a different type of literacy of learning another medium and, but you still have that understanding of your own visual language and how you generally approach things visually. And um, I feel like it's almost like learning another language where there are words that don't translate directly. It just, it, it's so um, expansive, you know, where you just have all these words that mean different things now that uh, Mm. don't even exist in the other thing. And so like the marks that you can, the marks that you can make with, uh, with fibers are going to be different than what you can do with painting, but it's still very much going to be yours. And, Mm. and even probably like more, um, genuine because you're not over controlling it or overthinking it like you're just sort of reacting so uh you know something that i mean i've followed your work for a while kate and uh (laughs) something that i've noticed is your work no matter what medium you're in always feels like very cohesive like you have a vibe and an aesthetic that i mean personally i really love I don't really know how to describe it, so I'll I'll do my kind of like bastardized version of it. But there's like a hyper realist feeling to your work where it's like you're showing the kind of harsh reality of the human figure or of a situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those kind of like dirty details that people might opt to leave out, you highlight in a way that I feel is very exciting. Is that a conscious thing or is that something that you just find comes out of you naturally? Yeah, thanks. I don't think that was a bastardized version. I think that was, that was very nice. Thank <laughs> okay, you. Great. Um, great, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of tricky to answer though too as well. Um, but I, I think it just happens. I think also just being a person that um, is regularly like fairly depressed, <laughs> that just is kind of like almost 
that cynicism and that, um, like, point of view is just always going to be a part of the work. Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like there's always kind of a certain um, dark aspect. That's not to say I don't think some of the pieces still feel, like, hopeful or anything. But sure, I think that, of course, yeah. Yeah, but I think that, um, I guess... I guess I feel like I want all my works, regardless of the medium, to kind of like have a a certain moodiness to them. Like I feel like what mm-hmm. I really like is when um, a, a piece of work that I've made almost has its own life outside of what I'm trying to make it have. Um, and that's that's when it feels like it's successful. You know, like that's when it's like when it's got its own vibe, when it's just has its own presence. Um, which is really hard to do and doesn't always work, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Do you have to be in that place to finish it? Like, oh, so you man. have the idea <laughs> that you, yeah. Andrew you like, knows I barely you, ever finish anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, come on. Uh, <laughs> do you like it? You like have an idea that you feel strongly enough that you're compelled to make this thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you have to sort of follow that through in order to arrive somewhere sort of finished, quote unquote finished. But uh, right. so do you have to sort of follow that feeling and feel it the whole time? Or is there a point where you can sort of just work out the rest of it regardless of where your headspace is? I mean, I think it depends for me, like art making, even though sometimes it would be much more convenient if I was, it's not very like linear for me so it's not Mm -hmm. always this like process of like I've started this I'm in the middle of it I will complete it it's usually like I have like 80 projects going at once and you know like based on the feeling and the amount of time I have that day to like put towards something I'm trying to decide um what that energy should be like applied to or is best applied to but um but in terms of, like, mood, I think, like, I think sometimes, like, for me, like, I never have an intention of a piece at the very beginning. It's something that I feel like it almost kind of maybe, like, <laughs> to talk to your podcast, starts as, like, a, a seed and kind of grows into its own thing. So I think each time you sit with it and you're working on it, a little bit of, like, whatever that energy you have starts to kind of seep into it but it's not necessarily like Mm -hmm. um you know unless unless it's something I do in one sitting it's usually not like one particular mood and I'm such a moody person that I could probably be sitting with it and it would have like eight different moods (laughs) we've talked about this before I think um Mm -hmm. but I'm not really aware of inspiration you know what I mean I just kind of like feel like working on something and it's not like I have any kind of conceptualization of what the product is going to be. I just sit down and start messing around with stuff and kind of follow it, Um, which I know is different for a lot of people, but that kind of sounds like what you're, what you're talking about. It's kind of just, you know, when you feel it, you work on it, you know? Totally. And it's really funny. Like I'm not trying to, you know, binaries are whack, but I'm not trying to, say they that that's how it is but there's also I kind of do feel like there might be two kinds of artists and they're usually for me at least I see this pattern where they're like the very kind of like mathematically and logically inclined people that like to have a lot of sets of rules Mm -hmm. and um structures when they make and then they're like 
other people who are like, fuck it, I'm just gonna like try this and then I'll like, I don't know, try this medium in this mood and pursue that. Yeah. But, I yeah. think that's why I struggled with illustration so much is because it oh, is man. so calculated because it is, it's commercial. You're, you're supposed to make work that other people can see and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down and like they know what they're getting just by looking at your portfolio and I had originally wanted to go into the major to um, sort of sharpen my toolbox as far as draftsmanship and stuff like that and I I feel like I almost sort of failed myself with that because I uh, I'm only just now like a couple years out of school figuring out that I don't work that way at all and so like the being a product of my education, I like have a little bit of planning, but I'm, I'm learning that, um, working that way is so limiting. Mm. Yeah. And so like opening yourself to the possibilities of something is only something I've recently discovered and it's magical. Yeah. (laughs) Magic is the word. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, I'm reading this book by Stephen King about uh, it's called on writing and he's talking about about his method and everything. Yeah. Yeah, And what's really interesting is like, you know, the first thing he says in the book is writing is just magic. Like you either have it or you don't. And that's just the thing. And a lot of people will disagree with him, but for him, that's just the way that it is. It's like, he doesn't know where the inspiration comes from. He just sits down and either the magic is happening or it's not. Well, that's and awesome. that's the way, yeah, that's the way that I feel about approaching what I do. It's like some days the magic is there and some days it isn't. But I feel like something that people who are on the outside, who are just on the, the consumer side of the art, you know, often don't realize how long it takes for you to find the magic. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about having 80 different works happening at the same time. That's 80 times over searching for that magic and maybe it's there and maybe it isn't totally and that's but it's not like even a counting total... all the works in the trash you know <laughs> right and that's yeah. like the life the life commitment thing that is like what julie and i were talking about when we started this podcast is like people are not aware of the life commitment it is like a complete deep dive of a life commitment you know Absolutely. it's almost like a commitment to madness where it's like <laughs> i'm committed to being fucking crazy <laughs> Like, let's do this. It's not logical at all or rational. Nothing about it. Why would you do this to yourself? (laughs) Right, right, right. It's also amazing. So, yeah. yeah. And, and like, when you have those moments that you're talking about where the piece grows into its own own thing and it kind of breathes on its own, that's like why the the 80 other. Yeah, exactly. And that's why the 80 other ones might not be done yet, you know? Right. Or the 79 other ones, you know? Right. And that's like, that's what they say the word like abracadabra means, right? Like it's Hebrew and it means like I speak it and so it is or something, which is kind of cheesy, but it's also kind of like amazing. It's like you are literally like bringing something into existence, which I think is like, that's totally like what magic is to me. Um, But I think like some of the issues you guys were talking about that are like really interesting to me too, is that, you know, like basically the invisible labor of artists right because there's Mm -hmm. people especially like today we're so used to um having like content to digest even in terms of podcasts or stuff yeah exactly and that like instant gratification of of seeing something and then wanting more of something and then just being able to get it 
instantly without really seeing or necessarily appreciating or funding the work right. that goes behind it. And right. yeah, that can be frustrating. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The instant gratification is overwhelming because, you know, when I see friends of mine and I know how hard they work and how much effort they put into what they're doing, and then I sit there on Instagram, double tap their image and give it a little heart, you know? Right. Like it's all <laughs> virtual pats on the back, right? But what we don't right. know is like maybe that thing that someone put up on Instagram took like fucking half a year to finish. And mm-hmm. then they get like a couple of pats on the back, like 20 or 30. And like, what even is that? And how does that realistically translate? I mean, I know that I'm struggling with with uh, just kind of understanding the value of it when totally. that's the eventual outcome, you know? Right. Um, you know, and some people, I think, deal with that better than others. Um, but for me, it's like I see what my work gets in terms of a response, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I feel about that response because a part of me is like, people are noticing it and it makes me feel good, but also like, like what does that notice really actually mean? You know, it's like someone scrolled past it for about three seconds and was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's, and then there's also this thing. It's like, you're kind of condensing your work into these like bite sized nuggets for, for this like mass. And, and then it's like, well, is that, is my work really like that or am I almost kind of editing my myself a little bit and also just thinking, am I ready to share this with the world too? Because sometimes there are certain things that like are really like sacred in your process of making that you kind of have to like protect before they're like ready to be shared. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that just like you said, Andrew, it's like, of course, all of us have an ego. So all of us like having our ego stroked occasionally, <laughs> like that's right. inarguable. But Definitely. Yeah. But it's like, how do you um, be conscious of when uh, those, those likes and those pats on the back are influencing you or not? Because I think we're at this stage where social media is becoming so prominent and it becomes more and more difficult for us to like disentangle ourselves mm-hmm. from that. And I think it, you know, does have an effect. Yeah. It influences how you work because that mm-hmm. is where the majority of your audience is, or that's like the accessible audience. It's almost like that's the, the testing right. room of like, is this going to land on Instagram? Should I keep going? with this and it's Mm. it just reinforces the need for external validation which can be the death of some really good ideas especially when you're rushed to put it out there (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah when you're like oh i have to keep up with my algorithm or like (laughs) or instagram is going to push me to the bottom and nobody's going to see any of this and then i'm going to be forgotten into the depths of the internet and then i really killed this idea and so it just it sucks that it, it's controlling how we're working. Right. There's got to be a way that like artists can support other artists in a way that isn't reliant on algorithms. <laughs> There's totally. got to be a way. I mean, I think you guys are kind of doing it right now. But <laughs> That's like part of the part of the idea behind it is just like we have so many people that we 
really appreciate and admire for their work. But it's like, I mean, for instance, I have one of your paintings that I've begged you for for a while oh, in my that, living room, right? I'm that giant painting. I'm obsessed with that thing. It's oh, gorgeous. Man. Oh my it's God. It's so funny. It's so old. It's so funny. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I love it. And yeah. I, w- I wish I could buy all your stuff because it like, oh, in terms of the, the vibe, it, it just fits my life very perfectly, you know? <laughs> um, Thank you. But the first time I saw that painting, I mean, it's huge. It's yeah. like, what, five feet tall and like three yeah. feet wide, something like that. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And if you were to take that and condense it into an Instagram post, it's not the same. Totally. It, you have to see it and you yeah. have to be there. And like, I'm, man, I just, I wish that in the, in the kind of days of social media that people didn't take that as enough. You know what I mean? That it was like a right. incentive to go see the thing in person. Right. Right. Yeah. And in reference to that painting, it's like I remember the first time I saw it, I stood in front of it for like twenty minutes at your show. Oh God. It was stop. like <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like But I also you know, uh I think something also very interesting about um visual art that I often struggle with is like sometimes I feel like I don't know how to talk about it. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's like a very educated area that you know Ugh, this this first sorry i'm gonna interrupt you real quick because do this it, is do something it. that yes. really frustrates me and i feel like it's totally just the effect that institutions gatekeeping and art yes. and colonization and all these things have made you feel that like you can't understand art but it's like music you intrinsically understand it if you're with something and you have a response to that then mm-hmm. that's a way of understanding and just because you don't use the word like paradox or whatever. <laughs> like, or juxtaposition. Yeah, uh. fucking juxtaposition. Uh. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But sorry, but continue. I just. No, I mean, I mean, that's, that's really it. It's like I, I stood there for 20 minutes just absorbing and feeling, and I still don't really know how to talk about it. I just know that when I look at it, I feel a certain way. Which is like, I guess, you know. That's the goal. That's the goal of all totally. of this is to, yeah. it, it's like you feel something or experience something strong enough or unique enough that you can't use words to do it. Mm-hmm. Or like, unless you're like a, a magician with words, you know, it's it's like, mm-hmm. unless that's your medium, you need another uh, conduit for expressing this where it's like this is something so powerful and unique where i can't just explain it to you i need to inflict it upon you Mm -hmm. of like you need to experience this in order to understand it and like that's that's really all this is that's all we're doing is trying to make ourselves more legible people you know right like it's not about is this expensive is this like valid is this tasteful is it like all of its total bullshit like do you like totally. it do you not <laughs> do you feel it mm-hmm. great yeah yeah so how how um like i know my some of my favorite parts about making music like the creation aspect is really great yeah but process. i also love <laughs> yeah but i also love the performance aspect where you bring in the outside variable of the interaction with with other people that aren't um uh subjectively absorbing it you know what i mean it's totally. like they're, they're not part of it but yeah. they're there and they're uh objectively looking at it right 
Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have like a gallery or something like that as visual artists, is that is that um, exciting for you to like watch people look at your work? Like how does that how does that feel? Is that like similar to what I experience or? Yeah, I mean, like yes and no because I don't think it's like this like crazy like hype probably that you get like it almost seems like when you're performing there's almost like this high that's there and I guess there there can be that high sure. of like oh it's awesome like I'm putting my work out there and people are interested in it there's like definitely mm-hmm. there's something there with with that feeling but um I don't know. I maybe it's more of like a personality based thing. I definitely always like to kind of like spy on people a little bit like low key and see like what they're thinking. I, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, until until they talk smack and they're like, "Oh, this painting's so shitty." <laughs> Actually, one really funny Come thing on. is um one of my favorite parts of um having the recent installation that I was really lucky to have at the MFA was not like yeah congratulations by the yeah, way yeah it's amazing i actually really just took great. it down yesterday which is kind of bizarre because you know it's it hasn't been on view since probably like uh late march or early april when they Oof. closed the museum but it's kind of just been spookily like actually had like all these little uh plastic covers to on top of the sculptures to prevent the, oh, the wow. dust wow. <laughs> yeah um, and, and it was just sitting there until uh, I deinstalled it uh, like two days ago. But my favorite part about having um, installing there wasn't really like older folks in the regular MFA demographic and taking the art because mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, like uh, I have mixed feelings about the MFA. I'm, of course, extremely lucky to show there, but I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they have a lot of work to do in terms of reaching um, younger and diverse audiences. Sure. <laughs> um, and so uh, the the area where my installation was, and real quick, let me also mention the three other artists I showed with, because they should totally get attention to. Uh, Perla yeah. Mabel, who does these crazy, awesome... Uh, tapestries that are kind of about um like uh the black latin latino like experience queer experience um Mm -hmm. and then my friend uh tim manalo who did or i don't know if i said his name weird because i always say names weird when i'm nervous about pronouncing them (laughs) (laughs) manalo um manalo uh but yeah he's um he did a really cool piece there too that's like a lot about like his uh filipino heritage and then uh louis miola did these these prints um but this install all of our works are in this area that's near um the school group entrance um at the mfa so i when i had the opportunity to be installing my works originally it was really cool because all these little kids and groups of kids that are with like on school field trips would come up and like one kid would walk by and be like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and <you're just> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, kids are like the one, you know, like people who, because they don't understand or haven't been exposed to like maybe this whole world of like refined language surrounding art and gatekeeping that like they're just gonna blurt out like what they see or whatever um 
And it was also really magical because I saw this one little girl who just was like, came up to the work and was just like looking at it really deeply. Then she went upstairs and then she came back and she looked at it again. And I mean, regardless of how she felt about it, it, it just kind of felt like, oh, that's that's really exciting to know that's that like so she cool. wanted to return yeah. to it or that there's that kind of engagement. And like that for me is like the the more successful kind of like art um, sharing experience. I mean, there's definitely great sure. things that like having stuff up at galleries, but I also feel like as you get older, like unless you have really good friends, like I don't even think people will come up to you and be like, yeah, that, that fucking sucks. <laughs> what is that? I you wish know? more people did that. Me honestly. Too. <laughs> like, help me out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But I assume I, I, what I find interesting uh, about that story that you're telling is um, I can't remember the full title of your show. Uh, oh, if you can remind it, me. I mean, it was just uh, called a juried student exhibition, but the body of work I had was called uh, Unborn Selves of the Invisible Pleasure Plane, which is the right. US of IPP. <laughs> yeah. You could say yep. IPP. <laughs> okay. I didn't so, really think about but, but that. that. <laughs> But that show is very um, kind of like a mature subject matter. You know what I mean? So it must have been interesting to watch younger individuals kind of, I don't know if they looked perplexed or something like that. <laughs> but the fact that that girl was interested enough to come back twice, even though the subject matter is a little maybe mm -hmm. above her head. Yeah. I find that's awesome. That's probably yeah. like, because I wonder, I, I wonder if you were able to talk to her of like what, what's going on in her mind, you know? Cause she's probably right. missing all of the subliminal, like under the radar shit, you know? Right. But, um, but, and, and that's okay because I feel like, um, you know, she's probably getting the language of a room and shelves mm -hmm. and, you know, textured carpet and like thinking about, um, those things or something that's like a, a doll, but a little, a little strange, like a little weird. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that is still kind of getting it, you know, even though there right, exactly. are other things like, yeah, there's a lot of like ceramic dildos and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. and I, yeah, of course, I hope she doesn't know what those are at that point, but um, yeah, I mean, I think she probably gets most of it. Yeah, but that's, that's what we're talking about. That's like the, I mean, the fact that she absorbed it in a way and kind of like took the time to look at it is really what it's all about you know even if the language isn't isn't the same totally. it's still working right yeah i was listening to an interview with an illustrator um her name is jaw cooper and um she it's it's pretty stylized stuff and um but she puts a lot of thought into um into every piece that she does and I thought it was really interesting that she said like she puts in certain things that aren't really for anybody else that they're for her and if they get it that's great that's fine but it's not for them you know like if they look at this image and they just think like this is a striking image then great um and if they they find those little easter eggs even better but like it's not for anybody else and so like I don't know I feel like there's definitely some uh not selfish but they're pieces of making things that are definitely for you and mm -hmm. like maybe working something out with a material and then 
uh, just having somebody give a thumbs up in some kind of way of like going back to a piece or or something like that is is enough validation of like they they get it even if they can't say it. Totally, and I feel like it's really important to have those Easter eggs there, even if it is um, just for yourself, because I am um, like I also feel like it's a way of kind of resisting the gallery as like almost only a kind of sales place or just something that is just, you know, your work for someone else, you know, instead Mm. of a kind of more like, kind of like symbiotic sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think, I think the, the little hidden things are like one of the best, most exciting things about making just that, you know, it's there is kind of like, pleasure like one of the pieces I had in the MFA show was like this really um strange like diary entry that I embroidered and it was about like being really sad um and I think just like anxiously masturbating in order to fall asleep or something (laughs) and it was like uh it was like on a towel rack and I think like there was like also a little bit of joy I got from like thinking there are all these like really old rich white ladies walking past this towel rack I love it but um I think I don't know yeah I guess that was a side note but I also feel like I can mention that because it's down now and they can't (laughs) I can't do anything about it. (laughs) But that's, but that's that kind of like, I mean, that thread that I'm talking about with your work where that's like something somebody would normally not put in a piece of art, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but that's like that reality shit, you know what I mean? That, that happens to people and they do that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And it's like, I, I think that that part of your work is really intriguing to me. It's Thanks. really honest. Yeah. yeah. And, there, and there's like a, a courage to that honesty, to that like raw and grotesque honesty of like accepting that part of yourself and putting that out in the world in hopes or maybe not even in hopes that somebody else feels the same way. But like, I, I feel like that's sort of the bottom line is that we're all just trying to be understood. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I guess I also feel like there's... Um, there can be power and vulnerability too. It's almost like mm-hmm. if I if I say it before you find it out, find out this part about me, then I have the power in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just like a little trick I play on myself to make me, yeah, just think I have more power than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're putting something together like that, um, how many pieces were were in the installation? Uh, it was a, a lot because I just had like a lot of really. Um, there were just so many small bits and pieces, um, like small ceramics as well as like larger okay. soft sculptures. So I can't remember the number on off the top of my head, but it was But it's it's a it's a few, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually, you know, I'm I was really surprised and I feel really lucky that they let me show that because I I That's awesome. um yeah, I Never in a million years would I thought that MFA would have shown that. <laughs> um, Did you have the idea first where you were like following through or were you making these pieces and then as you were going, they were sort of creating this concept as so, they were evolving? Yeah. So this was actually um, kind of like a re-envisioning of, of the thesis work from um, grad school. Uh, and 
at that time, I was just working in so many different mediums that I had no idea how I was going to display it. And the deadline was approaching and I was just like, fuck, 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 <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and I was just like, you know, like I'd randomly, like, you know, we'd have like reviews and crits and I'd maybe like randomly set up different things and these kind of strange arrangements that felt like, you know, all the things were having conversation with each other, all the different objects. But, mm-hmm. uh... But yeah, I think I was really working up until the last minute and I think I just kind of settled on wanting it to feel like this kind of playful setup that is both kind of a um, playful look at being in the body and sexuality Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like the multiplicity of ourselves and like the kind of all these different selves that exist within our body. Ah, gotcha, Um, yeah. Yeah, but also kind of this, uh, this kind of, like, darker look at it, too, and kind of, like, having this really kind of, like, gross, vile color on a wall. Um, Yeah, that green. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's called split pea. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I'm really bad at planning things in advance. So I think whenever there's an installation or something, it involves like a lot of kind of playing and rearranging. And even when I was installing at the MFA, it was like two days because the first day I was installing, I felt like I was also um, letting the language of, I think what I thought the MFA would want to see affect the way I was installing the work because, you know, like different spaces, as I'm sure like, you know, to Andrew, but like uh, different spaces and institutions have like different um, feelings and languages that you feel you almost like absorb, not necessarily consciously, just because you, you, um, I don't know, like, it's like the language of the institution, like the MFA has a very, um, like distinct style of curating and right, exhibiting right. stuff that is different from the ICA, so to say, like speak or something like that. But it's um, a bit like heavy-handed, almost. Um, I feel like it's just more conservative. Is kind of how I would uh-huh. feel. Like it's very kind uh-huh. of, um, it's very traditional. It feels like the wall texts are usually kind of like play it, kind of play it a little safe too, and are very much right. more into the historical aspect of things. Um, right. rather than necessarily delving into like a subject matter and, and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like it's, a, it's like a very family oriented museum. <laughs> uh, so I don't you're know. you dildos on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Kate's room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. You go into like different spaces and I don't know if it feels this way in venues too, but like different spaces definitely have different, um, languages that you kind of have to, um, like consciously resist in order Mm -hmm. to be authentic to what you want to say. And that can kind of take uh, a couple of shots sometimes because... Yeah, I mean, in in music, it's very like um, the audience is is that vibe that you're talking about. So you know, maybe we're in a in a city that we've never been to before, right. and we're playing with some other bands that aren't necessarily our vibe. Mm-hmm. And we'll sit there and say, okay, like, what should we change our set list? Should we like 
lean it more in this direction or in that direction or should we just like give the middle finger them, yeah. and totally. just play our fucking show right you and know? like what's the worst that can happen they don't like it but at least you are authentic to your vision and you don't have to like kick yourself remembering that you kind of like little like you made yourself a smaller or like adjusted yourself to like accommodate their um space because like i mean who does that hurt in the long run you know but it it also might influence the mfa to start moving away from i mean i i don't know i don't know much of how curating happens but maybe that's an attempt for them to to move in another direction too you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I think I think the MFA is, is starting to um, shift in some ways that like are like pretty hopeful. They're buying a lot more um, young and local artists' work. They bought like a lot of yeah. cool artists' work this year. That some some people I know that I'm like really stoked for them to you know not only have their work in a collection but you know get paid <laughs> i feel like um, i've seen a lot of mass art alum uh, totally. having a lot of stuff in the mfa which is so rad like i yeah. i i struggled with some aspects of the the institutionalized education but as far as a school goes i i picked that school because of the vibe i had like i remember i was talking to my parents about it and they were like oh like why do you want to go to mass art and i was like just a just a good vibe you know i feel Such like a good vibe yeah there are so many people like the overall population of mass art is like kind of scrappy like everybody's oh just, yeah i love it it's like working know. class it, it, which is was, not what you get at all art schools too you get yeah. a lot of like they're the trust fund kids and you're like oh fuck you <laughs> exactly and so it's really cool to see some of that work going into the mfa where you where it is a little bit more buttoned up and so they're it's it's almost like they're they're taking art that's a little bit more um authentic to our generation of mm-hmm. being a little bit more gritty like we got a little chip on our shoulder like it's I, I, i'm loving it it's it's really exciting totally yeah so uh kate you and i recently had a conversation where you were talking about you know especially in this time of isolation that everybody finds themselves in the the influence or the lack of influence in not having a community really oh, yeah. like in-person community and um i felt like you had some really beautiful things to say about that and i was wondering if you might be able to reiterate some of that um yeah thanks um yeah i think it's something i've been struggling with like even though i'm like you know usually kind of like exactly 50 50 on the introvert extrovert spectrum i think uh you know they're like i need to come out of like my like goblin cave every now and then and just interact <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah so I think like I'm I'm feeling pretty insulated and I think that in a way what's really hard about this for like a lot of artists is you feel like you're kind of just in this um echo chamber right it's just like you and your thoughts and your ideas and I feel like um what really gets exciting about art making uh, is being able to kind of like share and riff off each other, you know? And that's like what's, uh-huh. what you guys are like, you know, I'm even getting from you guys and like this conversation, it's just really great. And it's like, I can like already feel like the, like, <laughs> I don't know, mental healing happening. But yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I think it's just, I think, 
there's also been like so many events that I've told myself I'm gonna go to that are like these Instagram live things, and then I just like, nah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, just, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's really. I don't even know. It's probably not that hard. Like I just set up, you know, I press a button and I'm there. Right. But I think for me, it's just, um, it just feels like an added barrier and it feels like, Mm -hmm. um, I think in general with social media, there's always kind of like this aspect of kind of like this performative vibe that feels just kind of, um, I don't know. It's like kind of stiff and, Um, even, even when it appears casual, it's still kind of stiff. Um, right. And I think that I'm just like really craving, um, seeing art in person and just being around like people (laughs) in person and just like having just like regular conversations. Like I love just like going to the bar with like my writer, um, or like, yeah, musician friends and being able to like hear what they're working on and be like oh yeah that makes me think of this or have you listened to this or did you watch this and just kind of like going after like all the different things that you're kind of um taking in and the ways it's kind of like shaping what you're thinking whether that's like what you're reading or that so I think um I've just felt very um like a little bit too inside of myself um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) yeah very similar feeling from where I'm at and it's like I've I can't really say if other individuals necessarily influence what comes out of me, but it influences my, my urge to, to create. And that like spark that like sits in the back of your neck where you're like, you see someone do something really cool and you're like, damn, like I got to make more stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I had a studio space here um, in, in JP and I actually <laughs> made a good friend who's also a mass art graduate, small world, um, and was the same year as me, but in a different major, so I didn't really see her. But we became, like, super good friends, and, like, that was also a really exciting thing to just, like, have a buddy to be in the same space where you can just, like, talk about what you're making or just, like, random shit of just, like, your day and, like, what you're thinking about, um, like, yeah, astrology, absolutely. whatever, like, any of those things. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm really missing that. Like I'm, I'm really missing my friends a lot. I think that, uh, I think that's also like one thing that like our society in general kind of like takes for granted. Like it, it, it kind of like prioritizes romantic relationships only. And I think that we're kind of, um, I think this time is really making us like reevaluate how important, you know, all these other, um, friendships and like people that support us are Mm -hmm. to like our well-being (laughs) and just community in general I think but yeah do you feel like the lack of being around creativity is um affecting your own creativity at all um like yes yes and no it's it's tricky because I think it like it really is kind of a day-to-day thing and there are definitely some days where it's like all right, I guess I'm just gonna like, I don't know, read a book and, you know, surf the web and work on other stuff. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think most days, like, um, I'm always making something, whether or not it's good is not, is like another story. But, um, mm-hmm. 
I think uh, I think phone phone calls have kind of helped sort of be a placeholder for that. Definitely not a replacement. But I uh, I recently talked to my buddy Henry Kunkel, who's um, was my studio buddy at Mass Art, who's right across from me, and we're still good friends. And he lives out in a uh, Colorado with his. Um, girlfriend and his really adorable dog um and yeah like really cute um his girlfriend's <laughs> cute too <laughs> but like, not not to play that down um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah but um he's uh been working as like a director of uh this residency called elsewhere studios um in paonia colorado and Carolina is too, and she also does this really cool project that's actually this thing called Pineywood Atlas that's uh, basically a residency guide to different places across the states that are kind of like independently run artist residencies, which is a pretty cool thing. I have to buy my copy. I haven't bought one yet, but um, yeah. So besides that that plug, um, I was talking to him (laughs) on the phone yesterday and um, he sent me some pictures of, like, what he was working on in his studio space. And it was just, like, really, he has some really great paintings, like, some really cool colors. And I guess he's been going over a lot of old paintings and kind of, like, reinventing them. Um, cool. And uh, we just, like, you know, I think naturally just on the phone, we just got into this whole conversation of, like, what each other is working on. And it was, like, almost like this over the phone visit, even though we haven't seen each other in person in forever. And it was just like, kind of like those important questions that you don't always get to, you know, have with um, your friends or other people who are close to you watching your work, which is like, oh, so where do you think that idea came from? Like, what is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is this like shift in your work about? What is, why are you using this material? I noticed that this is kind of different and I've, and, and if it's someone who's been your friend for a long time, they're like, oh, well, this theme has kind of like always been in your work. And now I'm seeing it like take this route. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that is like so medicinal because sometimes it's like things that you don't necessarily, you're sometimes you're like so close to your work, right? But you can't even see the very obvious ties and links. And I think like um, really good friends are like able to bring that out for you and kind of... Um, help you kind of like look at that in a more um, analytical way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Where do you normally draw inspiration from? So like talking to friends and everything is, is certainly helpful in, in making work, but as far as the, the ideas and like color palettes and like all of the, um, I don't know, like what gets you going? Like, what do you consume where you're like, Oh my God, I have to go make something. Um, I guess I would say, like, poetry and writing's pretty important. Um, sometimes just, like, you know, like, my own word vomit for just, like, going back to kind of, like, really explore, like, you know, maybe I wrote a sentence that really felt like it was the essence of a feeling that I've been trying to get to. And then I'm mm. like, yeah, how do I, like, that's what I want to do visually. And whether that's, like, a very conscious intention or something that's kind of, like, you know, in the back of my mind. Um, but then also, I just, I really like a lot of short stories and fiction. I've been really into this uh, one writer, Samantha Hunt, um, and she recently, someone read her, one of her short stories on um, the New Yorker fiction podcast. <laughs> and 
Um, spoiler alert. It's uh, <laughs> kind of about like they like this person who just like grows up in this, you know, like shitty town in upstate New York. Um, I don't know. She she just like writes so well about characters. She's like she, she describes this. Um, girl like walking down the highway and she imagines every car that passes is someone from her high school looking at her and it's saying mm-hmm. isn't that so and so and what the fuck is she doing on the highway you know just like snide <laughs> fucking comments and I don't know I won't I mean I won't ruin that end of it but there's like some kind of really dark stuff in it but I think she just has this really beautiful way of writing about um just kind of like everyday darkness <laughs> um, right. that like I, I'm like that's what I want to do with my like visual art <laughs> yeah totally fits your vibe absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah but that again that's like the the kind of observation and interpretation of of everyday life you know what I mean and how that is something mm-hmm. that that we hope that people are still cognizant of in art it's like as an artist you're on input and you're outputting an observation in uh in a way that might force or hopefully forces people to look at things differently you know i just i hope that people can still see that you know i know like i was i've been like watching more and more things that are kind of about like um future technologies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that Um, shit is so scary (laughs) yeah totally for sure but um like things about like teaching ai to make art or like music and stuff it's like it's interesting but you're also just like you also wonder like if the scientists that are kind of behind these experiments if they understand that it's not necessarily about like making like a kind of objective masterpiece but that it's about kind of fucking with perspective or kind of playing with um the possibilities of something um and i don't know i guess that's just something I've, i've been thinking about more and more as we kind of um i feel like kind of like right now we're in this culture that's definitely like hyper concerned with aesthetics um for better or worse. And I think we um, have these, um, especially on social media, we have these ways of polishing and presenting things that is almost kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like strange and not real. It feels kind of fake to me sometimes. Um, although sometimes I'm like, yeah, I should have probably taken a better photograph of that work. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm getting at I'm- there, but. Yeah. I'm struggling with that right now. I like I just got a decent camera lens to to photograph nice. my work because I literally just started taking the documentation part of it seriously because mm-hmm. I I love the making part. Like I like the process totally. part. Like mm-hmm. I I like building canvases and then putting things on them. I don't want to take a picture of the thing that I already made, you know? Like right. it's meant to be experienced in person. I made it in person. It should be received in person. But right. it's like documenting it is has become a part of the process because that's how people consume it now you know like it's 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 meant to be seen online which sucks but it's uh 
it's just how people are taking it in now. Mm. Right. It's like they call the gallery the white cube, but now it's like the white screen. It's like all, right. all, whoa. all weird. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. The white cube. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And how do you feel about galleries? Because I know that there's probably a whole other <laughs> battle to get hung in a gallery. <laughs> Yeah. Sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's like I mean, it's mixed feelings. There, it's kind of like, you know, the word institution, right? There are so many different kinds, right? Um, and I guess I, I haven't really felt a need or push towards them because I feel like, um, for better or worse, my art doesn't feel exactly like saleable. Um, and mm. I'm also just wondering if. Um, it's funny, I've seen like both sides of the coin where like um, artists have really like benefited and flourished from having gallery representation because, you know, that's like one element that they don't have to think of the promotion and they can just be in their studio making work and maybe they have like a regular base of people who are interested in their work and buying their work. And there's, you know, there's no shame in that. Like that's whatever you have to do to make it work. But I've also seen other people who maybe have gotten gallery representation too early and then it kind of becomes more of a pattern of they become almost like an art factory which pumping out the works that they know the gallery um will sell and that they can make profit of and they feel like they have to continue making that work so Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i'm not like i'm not ruling it out but i guess i'm not actively seeking it either um i think just like what Julia says, I'm just like more um, into the process. And so sometimes for better or worse, that's just such a, um, that thought comes so like second or third or fourth in terms of right, right. Um, what I'm doing. And maybe, um, maybe I should probably start thinking about that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if it, if you feel like it has a negative influence on your output, you know, like I, yeah. I mean, but but then it comes the whole conversation of like monetizing your your output. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's the tricky uh, un- conversation, right? Right. right. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we live in a time where it's like you can't just right. like there's not some benefactor that's like here's money for you to live. Totally. Just We're make your shit. We're living under capitalism. Like, how right. are you going to yeah. survive? Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, what is the alternative to like if if galleries don't feel like the right place for it and you are looking to to have this be the only thing that you need to do or that you can do like how do you what is the place for it if you are looking to monetize it or is there just a a something else that funds this process no i mean that's like a really good question that like i (laughs) repeatedly ask myself um yeah um i think uh I, I think, I think about a couple of things. I'm a little idealistic though. So some of these things might just be like really amazing things in my head that Mm -hmm. um, are much more tricky to like kind of materialize. But I feel like the most exciting um, art projects and spaces I've seen are very um, much by artists and like community centered. And I feel like you can't lose when a bunch of artists are coming together that are passionate about each other's work and wanting to share it. I feel like there's a different kind of intentionality with that rather than just um, a gallery. And like, maybe you're, 
maybe or maybe not, they'll be successful in actually selling other work because, you know, all your other artist friends are probably broke like you. But but at the same time, like, there's, like, so much awesome potential with that. So I don't know. I don't think there's, like, a right or wrong. And I think it's totally every, up to every artist. And I feel like, um, but but I feel like the things I get most excited about are, like, you know, people who, you know, convert their apartments into art spaces just so Mm -hmm. it can be an accessible thing and everyone can come and there's music and there's like whatever, you know, like all these different things happening at once where it's, um, I don't know, it feels like really authentic. And when I think about like the New York I would have really loved to be in, which is probably like, you know, in the 80s, it was probably like (laughs) that, you know, it was just like a lot of people just in grimy little apartments just doing their thing um, and sharing things and that's, Mm-hmm. I feel like um, that's the most magical thing, but I'm also not, um, I should also be more like monetarily minded. Um, but but why? I struggle with that just yeah. to survive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but, just, yeah. Yeah. But it's not as much, it's not as much fun. <laughs> right. Definitely not. Right. And like, uh, I mean, uh, for me in, in music, I've always been so far more fascinated with the DIY movement, Absolutely. which is kind of what you're talking about yeah. where it's like, okay, like this, this music, like no one cares, right. Yeah. Except for the people that care and those, exactly. that small amount of people, they really are, fucking care. Yeah. yeah. And they like, they'll like make their own, yeah. like, you know, well now it's internet blogs, but they'll make, they used to make their own zines yeah, and, and book that's their so own awesome. shows. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's so the much kind better of than like, like a gallery pamphlet, you know, right. it's also way more welcoming than a yeah. gallery pamphlet, yeah. you know, like exactly. you walk into it's a gallery and you, f- yeah, you feel like there's like a dress code, but you know, the, I feel like most of the artist run spaces that I've been into or the artist run events, like it's come as you are. It's like, totally. it's so, it's a party. It's mm-hmm. a fucking party because we're yeah. celebrating, you know, just like making stuff and being around creative people. And there's just, there's a different yeah. energy than like putting on a pair of really uncomfortable shoes and like standing next to a square on a wall. Right. Like, My friend Sylvie and I totally. actually had long conversations about that. Like uh, Sylvie used to host a lot of, curate a lot of gallery shows. At, I forget what gallery she worked at in Boston. It's escaping me. But mm-hmm. she, uh, I was talking to her one day and she invited me to a thing and she was like, but you know, I don't expect you to come. Like musicians never come to gallery shows. Even we, even though we always go to shows. And I'm like, well, whoa, shade. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but but in reality, she's Pretty like, valid. she's kind of yeah. right. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. also like, I just, I have a hard time, unless it's like a really great friend of mine, like just randomly going to a showing. I have a Why? hard time being there. I don't know. But I feel like me coming in like some, you know, shitty clothes and like no, a hoodie. Please, so you know refreshing. I mean? We don't want to see the yeah. douchey like curator trash bag outfit. Here. <laughs> trash bag outfit. yeah <laughs> it's a but it just yeah and i'm I, uh, but it's like what you guys are talking about if it was like in somebody's house like i would love to be there because right. yeah. art in like i think you know when i'm working on music i don't listen to other music but i consume all other types of art 
during that time. That's interesting. And like, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like if I'm if I'm neck deep in in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go months without listening to a new record. Wow. But I'll like sit and look at paintings all day. That's sick. Or like cool. watch movies, or you know. That makes me want to try um, that visually. It's kind of a. It's like almost like starving, um, starving that one sense so that you just like fully like thrust so yourself that it's pure. into it. Yeah. That's yeah. So that it's cool. pure. But it's also like, it's like, um, I don't know, uh, translations of novels too, where you read specific translations mm-hmm. because they're bringing something else to the, to the story. And so right. like, if you're just, um, you know, if you're, di- if you're just digesting music and then creating more music, then you're having a conversation in the same language as opposed uh-huh. to like uh-huh. your translation of something where I, I do the same thing where I'll, um, like stop looking at paintings or any visual art and I will just listen to music. And I feel like music teaches me more about painting than painting does because I get to draw my own things from that as opposed Mm -hmm. to something that's sort of like, okay, well they're using reds and blues and blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just way more fascinating. So I know when I share my music with people, my favorite audiences are the individuals that don't, actually make music totally uh do you feel that way about hanging or releasing your work somewhere is it more exciting to see someone who doesn't understand the technicality react to it you know to see their reception of it yeah i kind of feel like uh yeah usually people working in either like very different um mediums or um kind of or just like musicians or, or poets or writers. Um, I feel like, I feel like there's a different way of seeing with, with those folks, probably more so than the people who are just other mediums in terms mm-hmm. of like, a, a, like interdisciplinary art. But I think, uh, I think there's something like really, there's some really exciting insights you get from those people when when they feel comfortable enough to like share with you what they're actually seeing and feeling. And it's funny because I feel like, I know you said this and I feel like a lot of people have this, especially coming from other art disciplines where it's like, they kind of like edit and censor themselves at first when they're like talking about art, they're like, Oh, I don't know if I can, you know, like, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Or I don't know if I, and I guess maybe I do that sometimes like, you know, like if I'm listening to, or trying to talk about like a track you shared with me or something. Sure. But at the same time, I, I kind of feel like, I, I feel like art just has this prescriptive uh, douchiness in terms of like what people think the language should be around it, which just really yeah. bums me out because I think I just want it to be something that's, I really believe it's accessible to everyone. And I wish mm-hmm. people, um, I wish the language was too, and I feel like whatever language you show up with speaking about uh, a painting or a piece of work is is okay and is all right and is mm-hmm. fine. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like most every artist would really love to hear someone's views, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know? Someone who doesn't understand the technical aspect We'll talk about the feeling they have instead, and and, right. and that to me is like that's where the, the interest gold. is. Yeah, yeah, totally the feeling because that's like because it's not really about like 
it's not about like the specific note or specific color you played, like used, right, or played. It's like not right. about, you know what I mean? Like these are things that make yeah. up the whole of it, but like right. it's not like you were consciously like, I will put the green paint there you know or like yeah whatever you don't even think about that when you're making it you know like it just kind of like happens right so like how do you bridge the gap though because i've always been so jealous of musicians because you can fill a room with your work i know and anybody can feel like they can be there ready to receive it Mm -hmm. as opposed to like installation or painting or any type of visual art where um there's something about it that just feels so inaccessible. Like, how do you bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, music so that people, is so immersive. Yeah. That's like the right. thing. It's, it's so immersive. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if you go to a live show, especially now, uh, everything is just so inherently loud that it's almost impossible not to be immersed in it, you know? And you feel it in your actual right. body. Like, you literally right. feel it in your body. <laughs> right. Right. But, I, like, there are just so many people that most people who listen to music don't make it, but they still feel like they have the grounds to be like, I like this. This is good. Or like your music is trash. And like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what is it about music that has that, that visual arts doesn't. I mean, I think it's a, it's part of what we're talking about here where I'm saying like, I don't know how to talk about visual art. Maybe it's not that I don't know how to talk about it, but it's that my conversation about it hasn't been uh, promoted in a way. You know what I mean? The fact that you guys are saying like, no, please talk about it is like, okay, now I feel like I can go to a show and talk about shit. Do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But from an an outsider's perspective, you know, normally I'm like, okay, I'll go to a show, but like, I'm just going to look at stuff and then, you know, kind of dip out, you know, because like, (laughs) I don't know how to talk about it. Right. Right. But it's like, but I feel like music has come to a point where maybe way, way back in the day where music was like this classical thing that like someone was commissioned to make and you showed up and it was like, you don't really have an option. Like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, you don't really say anything because that's what you got, you know? And now it's so readily available and there's so much that it kind of promotes the conversation in a way. Um, And I don't know, I don't know how visual art kind of skipped over that because I guess it's (laughs) as, as readily available now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yes and no, I guess it's, it's a different thing because you do, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's like the same way of like getting into music where it's like you have to go down that rabbit hole of like finding a musician and group you like, then you kind of like spill over into like other influences that is like with that are within that circle and so on and so forth. And I guess it's maybe it's a little harder with artists and that there's like a lot of names and you're kind of, um, you know, they're actually like people's full names and not like cool names (laughs) right like (laughs) like the artist is the art where it's like you have to know these people or something like that like it's not just uh i don't know and it is weird with like instagram too because there has been this weird thing where um for so long um it's like you have i didn't um know what an artist looked like but i totally knew their work you know there was just Mm -hmm. like i mean i probably could have like googled them but you know (laughs) um but I, but I also find that really fascinating, though. Yeah, totally. I like, I like not knowing. 
I like knowing people by their work versus their personality because I feel exactly. like it removes an expectation, you know? I connect your artwork with you because I know you. Right. But maybe, like, you know, for somebody who's just seeing your art, it's a whole different experience. Right. And maybe it's more immersive that way, you know? Or incredibly disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? Oh, man. Um, well, I'm really enjoying <laughs> That's making a big-ass question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if the world still exists... <laughs> Right. Let's just start with Jesus. that. Um, the rubble we yeah. have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been really enjoying making these dolls and kind of like surrounding myself with them. And I use the word dolls for like lack of a better word, kind of like more like creatures. Um, and I think slightly terrifying. Yeah. yeah they're totally oh weird. God. It's like um, creepy cute. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> there was this one where it, I don't know, the way that you were moving your hand underneath, like it, it looked like they had like tiny little arms. I was like, there's something so cute yeah. about it, but so fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. That's, that's uh, I think I'm, that's what I'm going for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I think, I think ideally, and maybe I should take advantage of this now before, um, this ample amount of time runs out. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, I've been thinking about doing kind of like stop motion animation with them. Oh, trying to, yeah, I mean, I, I still have to like figure out like equipment and kind of like the world that I would want them to live in and maybe like what even some kind of quote unquote narrative would look like for that. Sure. Um, but that's something that interests me too because I feel like more and more I just kind of want these objects to have life or like movement. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's one thing I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's next. I hope, um, <laughs> I hope this election doesn't go down the toilet. Um, I can't handle another four years. Yeah. No, I don't like, <laughs> yeah, who can? Um, right. Yeah. Do you feel like all of that, is affecting your work in a different way? Um, totally, because there are some days where I feel like it's... Um, there are some days that I can't let myself, like, kind of escape into my own world and these, like, imagined objects, and you're just, like, sitting with all this bad news. <laughs> and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I feel like I also want and need to respond to this in my own way, not necessarily in a very like, um, this is my view and what I think um, way, but almost in a way of you're like, okay, these, I mean, this is really affecting us and all of us. And we're kind of like in this very bizarre time where we're, we have to sit with news in like a very different way than we have before. We've always been, sure. I think, bombarded with the news and had it coming in, but I think we've also often had more distractions to kind of, um, yeah, just to distract ourselves from what's what's going on. Whereas I think now more and more people have to see that there are like tragedies happening everywhere and that kind of like these actions are direct consequences of, you know, things that were in motion years and years before that could have been prevented. And right. right. You also have to pick through it. 
to yeah. find what's real oh, or yeah, like crazy. in most cases of like what you do or don't want to hear. It's crazy. Oh man. I like, have you heard of that? Like QAnon bullshit? Oh my God. It's crazy. There's so much like, there's so much bullshit circulating. Um, I was like listening to one podcast too. That was about, um, yeah, it was like about a bunch of like just working class people who I think just kind of somehow like subscribed to the QAnon community and were like sipping on that Kool-Aid for a while and how mm. it was just so, um, I don't know, like they were just so immersed in it. But I think that's a weird thing about like the internet and I fucking love the internet, but <laughs> it's like a really weird place. There's so many like, there's so many weird places that can be like those insulated bubbles where you, sure. you can yeah. be in your own echo chambers. I mean, there's also a lot of possibility for like branching out and knowledge, but now it's like, I don't know. We've got to this place where the internet is so large and so diverse that it kind of is the wild, wild West and that there are like all these things happening at once, but also like capitalism has totally penetrated it and figured out how right. to use algorithms to like, Totally. Yeah. And totally be like, oh, we saw that you visited this page. Now here are all the ads for that. Or you're right. this age. You must want to buy these things. Um, right. Does that make you optimistic or pessimistic <laughs> of like artists responding to it? Because I feel like artists are pretty good at responding to adversity because like, I don't know, of this like rebellious spirit of documenting that, but it's also so damaging to the creative spirit. Like what are your, what do you, what do you think is going to come out of that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, that's a big question. I think, I think people are definitely responding to it, but I think at the same time it's hard, right? Because that's the whole thing. It's like, still how do you survive under capitalism while totally fighting against it and trying to build like new right. models that are like Definitely. sustainable alternatives. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like, it's tricky. I don't think anyone has the answers or I'd be like really distrustful if someone like claimed to have all the answers, right. but right. you know, like I'm open to it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think like the, the struggle that I have with um, just the way everything is like uh, algorithmically curated mm -hmm. is that people feel less inclined for a challenge totally. and like art to me should be a challenge. And uh, I like to see something and be forced should make to you think. uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's super important. Other times I do believe it's important to feel like completely like cocooned and like <laughs> <Totally>. cozy. <laughs> but uh, I, I do find for me that, that the challenge is what excites me, but I feel like less and less people are, are, are willingly consuming a challenge, um, which is kind of a product of like, well, your newsfeed, which is now fucking Facebook or whatever right. is like curated, calculated clickbait. Yeah. Like what is this oh, yeah. guy going to click on totally. and how much money did you know, company A pay for this guy to see them. Totally. You know what I mean? And that is like, like it feels like people are removed from the pursuit of a larger education. You yeah. Know? And, I'd, and I'd like to think that like, especially with kind of like the younger generation that is like 
way more tech savvy than us, you know, even though we thought we were the best. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But like, I feel like hopefully, you know, they will come up with alternatives. I don't know. I, I guess I feel kind of faithful, like, because like, Technology will always be advancing. We know that. And maybe right. there will be right. these kinds of other platforms that, you know, exist that are kind of really based on the original role model of the Internet about accessibility to knowledge and not necessarily um, marketing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to, like, even envision what that looks like, but I, I hope that it happens. I think one thing that does feel really hopeful for like even this time of like mass uh (laughs) fire and destruction and you know apocalyptic vibes is yeah (laughs) is that it feels like people are really reimagining the possibilities of what um communities um and like institutions and structures can be and like what would happen if we really shift our um intentions within those spaces so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, there. If enough good people get together and work on something, something really magical could happen. <laughs> That's like a very uplifting yeah. note. You know what I mean? It's something yeah. nice to end on. Um, <laughs> but we do have a question that we're going to ask everybody, yes. which is uh, recommending three artists that you are excited about and think that people should check out. Sure. Or maybe that we should we should talk to or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you have anybody that you're thinking of. Totally. Um, so uh, I really like uh, Anthony Peyton Young's work. He's actually one of the okay. people who the MFA recently acquired some of his work. But he's um, a black queer artist that does, like, these amazing, really great um, drawings that have, like, these very... Um, they feel like these very casual lifelike um, compositions that were almost like you just kind of like caught a window into someone's private space and um, like an intimate um, interaction between two people or just um, Mm. someone like hanging out in in their room. And whenever I see his work, I just like get, you know, it's like, I'm just like, oh yeah, I I miss drawing. I want to go, I want to go draw, you (laughs) know, like you just get soaked. Um, Yeah. Is his stuff on display right now? Um, uh, I think it will be on display at the MFA when it reopens, I want to say. Um, <laughs> Do they but have I'm not plans sure. for that? Um, yeah, the 26th, they reopen. Oh, wow. Um, and there's, cool. Yeah, and there's going to be a cool show up that um, I want to check out, too, that's like uh, Basquiat and the Hip Hop um, Evolution or something. Yeah. Sick. Hell yeah. That right. sounds awesome. Yeah. Dang. All at right. the MFA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay. Yep. MFA. Um, and then, uh, Kim Barnes is also a really cool artist and I've been looking a lot at, um, she, she also went to the same grad school I did and graduated a year ahead of me, but she does these really, um, beautiful animations that are based from these like cut collages she's, she's done. And she also uses, Andrew, you might be into it too, because she also just uses some really great sound. That's another thing that's like Sick. great with like animators is they're so good with like finding the right sound to get like yes. that ambient feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's really dope, and I think she's I want to say she's in some kind of role at Fort Point Arts Center right now. Okay. Um, and um, 
my third person. Shit. Well, I'd have to say my friend Henry Kunkel. He's he's <laughs> he's my boy, um, and he's been doing some really weird paintings that um, that that look really. I was going to say they look really cool. That sounds so stupid. <laughs> I'm like running out of words. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's like using those like really crazy palettes and um, kind of working with, with space. And I think he's using like pieces of painting wallpaper to kind of give this illusion of space, but he's mm-hmm. always making really cool stuff. And um, I think he's he's also done some collaborations with some musicians too. He did something okay. on, on like the the cycles of the cicadas, um, and oh, turning yeah. that into like a musical cool. score. So yeah, yeah, he does some really really rad stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess I would say those are my my artists. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Check them all out. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, my really God. Great talking yeah. to you. Yeah. It was so good to meet you. This was yeah. so great to meet you. And this was just like so much fun. And I feel so great. So thank you. <laughs> Hell so yeah. Glad. Thanks for tuning into the Seedcast. For more information about our show and our guests, both previous and upcoming, please follow us at The Seedcast on Instagram or email us at castseed at gmail.com. 